There's now a great debate between the Kentucky Senate Republicans and Amy Bashir on exactly who placed the first sports bet in Kentucky. Such it is such a so-called historic day. Well, I guess technically uh, not today, but it's a historic time that Kentucky has passed sports betting. I think it's time we take a really hard look at gambling and gambling legislation. Uh, Certainly that came out of this last session and ask a really, really important question. Who is really running our state legislature? But before we dig into it, please make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe. If there was ever an episode to make sure you share, share with everybody, it is going to be this one. Because in this episode, I'm going to name names of legislators that their constituents, the people who they're supposed to represent, should be reaching out to and asking them some important questions I'm going to lay out in this podcast. Some important questions as we determine whether or not the citizens or some other interests really run our legislature and influence how they vote. I think it's incredibly important that people get involved And this is going to be a key way that they can do it. And a key way that you can help make a difference. Because what I'm going to go through here uh, is going to be a little bit intricate. And so it's important to follow along while at the same time, uh, it's important to spread this information far and wide. Because we want these legislators to respond to the people who ask them questions that they now have after this episode. And if you have a hard time listening on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter because you have to leave open uh, the browser to listen to it, perhaps, well, you can always listen to this on a podcast format. Uh, It's available on Apple, Spotify, um, Amazon, Google, Pandora, iHeart, every single major podcasting platform should carry the Andrew Kubretter show. And it should offer you ample opportunities to listen to this show and become more informed on what's going on in the state. But without further ado, let's get into it. So Bashir uh, posted this up uh, here. He posted a, a post on Twitter where he said, uh, they said we couldn't do it, but it's always a win to bet on Kentucky first sports bet placed. And in it, he is claiming that he has made the first sports bet in Kentucky history. Now, the Senate Republicans uh, posted this, uh, the KY Senate majority. Senate Majority Floor Leader at Damon Thayer, who carried sports betting legislation to final passage in the state Senate, just placed the first ever sports bet in Commonwealth's history. Thanks to House Bill 551, sponsored by Representative uh, Meredith, you may also place a wager. So they are claiming that Thayer actually placed the first bet. Now, both men I uniquely uh, dislike for different reasons. Um, Both of them I find to be uh, not super great uh, people when it comes to representing the people. And and you all know how I feel about Bashir. And longtime listeners know how I feel about Thayer due to um, the problematic history he has with uh, being honest and not corrupted by like his day job, which is, um, you know, uh, um, consulting to the horse racing industry while he controls the legislation 
pass that regulates the whole horse racing industry. Clearly, though, not a conflict of interest. But that doesn't really matter. What matters is, is we're going to dig into the legislation and really see what's going on in our legislature. But if you want to settle the, the debate over who placed the first bet, well, Bashir does tip the scales a little bit as he did shoot this video on his way to place the bet um, that he apparently recorded on a potato. I did not take down the quality of this video. He posted a video with this quality, which apparently um, he just, I don't know, just couldn't get better coverage. Hey everyone, it's Andy. I am pulling up to Churchill Downs to make the first sports bet in Kentucky history. Uh, folks have wanted this for years and I am proud we are delivering. This is a good day for Kentucky. It's gonna boost our tourism. It's gonna keep our dollars in state and I am so excited that we can get it over the finish line, get it done, and now sports betting is legal in Kentucky. So there you go, his badly uh, quality video there recorded clearly, as I said, with the potato. <laughs> now, who passed it? Well, really, the the Bashir didn't pass anything. Um, quite clearly, this was passed by the Republican legislature. And I, I think, though, this whole interaction of them competing over who placed the first bet does lead to a commentary on our current culture that I do think is relevant. Um, now, this isn't a commentary necessarily on gambling itself. As I've stated many times, I can hear all arguments about gambling. I don't really gamble personally. I have gambled before, but I don't gamble uh, personally uh, a whole lot. I haven't gambled in quite some time. But you can make an argument that it's a freedom and liberty issue uh, to gamble. You should be allowed to do that and spend your money how you'd like. But you can also make a uh, small government kind of freedom, kind of liberty argument saying that because we citizens provide so much welfare to individuals that a lot of the people gambling um, enjoy and partaking in, people are not just gambling with their money, but gambling with our money. Both are good arguments. Now, a big turnoff to me uh, about any of these things, such as legalizing uh, uh, marijuana or gambling or any of these is, and I've said this before, is that this is always sold as a revenue generator for the state. You heard in Bashir's video him talking about that. And that is always a big turnoff to me because I don't think the state needs more money. Um, and personally, I'm not super on board with any kind of large government funding schemes. But regardless of putting that to the side, whether or not you are for gambling, and as I said, there's arguments on both sides, I do think that this latest and disturbing trend of our politicians and our culture celebrating people gambling with such big announcements and videos uh, is quite a problem. I mean, it did just pass, and you know, we should generally say, hey, okay, um, you can go out there and gamble. But when we are sitting here doing big press conferences, shooting videos on potatoes, and making big posts about this, and, and Bashir has constantly been talking about this, especially in his campaign ads, it's sending a message that we as a society see this as a moral good versus something that, you know, you probably shouldn't do, but you can have the freedom to do it. Instead, we're celebrating it like it's a good thing. I mean, as a whole, we know people who sports bet, on average, lose their money. We know this because 
Well, they couldn't make a profit on it unless people lost. The horse parks wouldn't have spent millions lobbying for it to be under their control. And obviously, as a practice, then it will cause the average person who's betting to lose money. Uh, they give up money. They get nothing in return. They get no good. They get no service. Maybe they get something out of it and they enjoy watching their favorite sports a little bit more as they feel they have a little more on the line. But realistically, they don't get really anything back for a lost bet, of course. Um, so Kentuckians will lose actually so much money on gambling that it is projected that at least $23 million a year will be given to the state just in additional tax revenues. So you really just have to ask how many millions are the people of Kentucky going to lose? But yet here we have our politicians celebrating this and pushing it, including pushing you. I mean, going back to the Senate majority post, they said, you may also place a wager. Um, they are pushing you saying, hey, go, go gamble. That's the feeling we're getting. And I wouldn't say that's super healthy as a society to be going ahead and celebrating this. It's, it's not the most desirable trait. I mean, I, I, I can think of a, a good example such as, you know, I don't think government should stop anyone from being an atheist or force them to follow religion. That'd be crazy. But I wouldn't say that we as a society, not as a, that's a difference. It's your opinion on what society should do and your opinion on what government should do are two different things. And they can be different things because you can believe in being against something while not believing in using government force to enforce it. So while I think that government shouldn't stop anybody from being an atheist necessarily, I don't think we as a society should be celebrating the loss of Judeo-Christian values and faith in our culture, something that obviously we're seeing play out uh, here more and more as we're finding out. But also, additionally, these people celebrating sports betting and these legislators, and some of them in particular, I'm going to name, how do they square this with their votes against, well, gray machines or pesomatics, burning barrel machines? Maybe you've seen those. As a reminder, gray machines are quote unquote skilled games, and you would have seen them in your gas stations. Uh, they're generally blue, had a burning barrel on it. And, um, or you saw these in mom and pop bars, uh, things like that all around Kentucky until they were outlawed this year by the same legislature that passed sports betting. So how do we square this? How do we, uh, explain a legislature that voted for expanded gambling in one way, but banned gambling in another way? Again, this isn't about whether or not you like gambling. This is about looking at the motivations of our lawmakers and our legislatures. And asking, why did we have this outcome of legalizing sports betting, but banning other types of betting? Well, the stated reasons why uh, these gray machines were banned, what, what legislators have said or I've heard uh, behind it, at least publicly, right? This is what they're going to say publicly, are the following. Uh, that Pesomatic and these gray machines were breaking the law and they shouldn't be rewarded for it. Another reason was having this around the corner in communities is destroying them by having these quote unquote slot machines in, um, that's what they called them. I mean, they're skilled games, but by having these skilled games inside gas stations and bars, it's destroying uh, small communities. And then finally, there is no taxing infrastructure in place for the state to make money off of it. There's no authority to handle them. Well, I'll be taking a look at those reasons. I'll take a deep dive on those reasons right after this short break. 
So as I stated at the beginning of this episode, I'm going to be naming names of some legislators. And um, we're going to start here uh, with dealing with the first reason. And I'm going to be naming legislators' names out. And um, But just because I name them in this first round uh, doesn't mean they're necessarily somebody that we need to be reaching out to. Now, if I name them a little bit later on, Um, Well, then, and I'll tell you, that means those are legislators that we need to be asking questions of. So dealing with the first reason, they were breaking the law and we shouldn't reward it. So that reason for voting. So all these legislators will have voted to ban gray machines. Okay. They would have voted to ban gray machines, but this doesn't wash with the following legislators that voted to ban gray machines for if they're stating the reason of, well, they were breaking the law. We didn't want to reward it. And that is Representatives Banta, Blanton, Bratcher, Brown, Dixon, Fister, Flannery, Fleming, Frazier, Freeland, Gentry, Graham, Hart, Heverin, uh, Cock, Lewis, D., Meredith, Miles, Mosier, Osborne, Palumbo, Pratt, Roberts, Sharp, Stevenson, C., Timoney, and Weber. And then also Senators Berg, Neal, Rocky Adams, Schickel, Stivers, Thayer, Thomas, Turner, West, Wheeler, and Yates. So why is it that these people can't claim that they didn't want to reward lawbreakers and that is somehow a principle they have? Well, all these people voted for Senate Bill 120 in 2021, but voted to outlaw gray machines in 2023. Why does that matter? Well, for those of you unaware, there's something in Kentucky called HHR or historical horse racing. These are essentially those slot machines that you see at the racetracks or some slightly off track, uh, as long as they're within a certain radius. And these are just slot machines. You walk in, you pull them, they operate like a slot machine, but somehow in the background, the way they operate is called paramutual gambling. And the horse tracks just kind of started doing this uh, that was violating the law. They kind of knew they were violating the law, but they decided to go ahead and set it up Anyways, now, unlike the claims that Pesomatic was violating the law, this was actually violating the law. You see, Pesomatic was never taken to a court of law. They were never fined for what they were doing. They were never ruled against on the gray machines, but HHR was. How, in, in fact, the state Supreme Court ruled that HHR was illegal. And because they ruled it was illegal, it is what prompted the legislature to pass Senate Bill 120. Now, what, of course, uh, HHR had going for it was that they were already paying taxes through a uh, system, of course, because they already had a way that paramutual uh, gambling is taxed because we have that right now. That's what it's called when it's on the horse tracks. But after that ruling, after it was ruled that what they were doing was illegal, these representatives and senators voted to legalize it anyways, but they also voted to ban Pesomatic. So clearly the principle of if their stated reason for banning uh, uh, skilled games was because they don't want to reward lawbreakers, well, that reason doesn't hold water when you just voted just a few years ago to reward the horse tracks who actually were ruled in a court of law that they were breaking the law with their slot machines. So clearly that principle doesn't hold. But Maybe these representatives had another reason for doing it. Maybe going on to our second reason, they're saying, look, these machines at horse tracks, uh, you know, they're off at horse tracks. They're not just around the corner in these small communities. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's not just around the corner from people's house. It's a lot harder to get to it. And these gray machines being in the gas stations, uh, or bars, um, are destroying the communities. Now remember too, as I'm naming these legislators, these are the legislators where these reasons can't hold for. It doesn't mean other legislators can't claim this. In fact, if I didn't just name off the legislators there and then though, then they claim that, Hey, yeah, I voted to ban pesomatic because I don't want to reward quote unquote lawbreakers, though I would argue on the point whether or not they were actually breaking the law, at least that principle and practice uh, actually holds. And there is a principle there. Like I said, we can argue over whether or not they're breaking a law, but at least that principle holds. It's for those that I named that that is not a real reason. So the second reason, as I said, was destroying communities. So just we're just going to ignore the fact that Kino and Lottery are in bars and, of course, in gas stations. Now, naturally, the business owners there don't make as much off Kino and Lottery tickets as they're making off Pesomatic's uh, skilled games. But let's just ignore that flaw in the argument because that's maybe a back and forth. Maybe they say, well, I didn't vote for that and you know, so on and so forth. So let's just say that unlike being a scratcher or Kino, being on a machine or device and being able to bet on that is more addictive. So therefore, it's more damaging. So taking those same legislators that we've already said, okay, they, they can't claim the first reason. They can't claim that they're not wanting to reward lawbreakers. So let's say they try to claim the second reason. It's destroying communities. Well, it looks like that doesn't hold up for the following. And that would still be Representatives Banta, Bratcher, Brown, Dixon, Fister, Flannery, Fleming, Freeland, Gentry, Graham, Hart, Heverin, Cock, Lewis D., Meredith, Miles, Mosier, Osborne, Palumbo, Pratt, Roberts, Sharp, Stephen C., Timoney, Weber, and Senators Berg, Neal, Rocky Adams, Stivers, Thayer, Thomas, Turner, West, Wheeler, and Yates. Why? Well, because these people, one, they voted for sports betting, but against gray machines. And they can't claim it's because, well, gray machines were breaking the law because of their HHR vote. You see, in the sports betting bill, it allows people to place these bets on their phones. It allows them to download betting apps that actually send them notifications to pull them in. You think going around the street corners, destroying your community? Imagine getting a ping in your pocket if you haven't placed a bet every day from your phone and how much gambling that will encourage. And they're doing it on a device. They don't even need to leave their homes. So for those representatives, the whole reasoning of, well, this was destroying communities, that doesn't hold water. You just allowed people to gamble on their phones in Kentucky. So what's the final reasoning here? Well, there was no taxing system in place. Basically, the state wasn't getting its VIG, so it had to go. Well, why didn't you make one? Why not make a taxing system then to generate the revenue? Pesomatic and business owners were on board with this. I mean, you can create legislation and a system to allow uh, people to bet on sports on an app, but doing it for a different kind of machine in a gas station or a bar is somehow now too difficult. You can do it for people's phones, but you can't do it for these. I don't think that reason necessarily holds water either. Now, a common claim by legislators at this point may be, well, look, I voted on the bills that were before us, to which my response would be, okay, what bills did you propose? You can propose bills. What bills did you 
propose amendments to in order to change this. Or better yet, when it comes to the banning of gray machines, uh, this was actually voted on to be tabled, and then it was successfully tabled. Then at the last minute, it was voted on to be picked up off the table. And very few legislators voted to keep it tabled, to basically push this off till next year so a better bill that didn't outright ban gray machines because it's, I don't know, doesn't make sense that this legislature that passed sports betting and allow HHR is now saying no to just this one group, saying no to small business owners and gas stations. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you're for gambling or not. What matters is we're talking about the principles that are driving them. That's what we're talking about here. So if they try to claim, well, it was the bill that was before us, you ask them what bills did they propose? You ask them, why did they not vote no on keeping the bill tabled? Why didn't they want to keep the bill tabled? Why'd they decide to vote yes on picking it up and then yes on voting it? Because that was an option before them too. They could have decided to take no action and there was a vote to make a decision on taking no action. Did they vote nay on that? And now they were put in that position? Did they propose a piece of legislation or amendment? That'd be a follow-up question to ask, and I think the answer is going to be uh, no for every single one of them. In fact, some of these people are the sponsors of the legislation that was before them. So, now perhaps these legislators have another reason, different than what I speculate. Perhaps there is some stated reason I'm unaware of that may hold up to scrutiny. But I think I have a reason for many of these people. And I will be going over what I think is really pushing these people right after this short break. So as we talked about before the break, the following legislators we have big questions for about why they voted to ban gray machines, voted to allow HHR, and voted to allow sports betting. Because those three votes together, having those three votes, banning gray machines, allowing sports betting, and voting for HHR, those votes together make no sense on any kind of principled level that I'm aware of. And those are representatives Banta, Bratcher, Brown, Dixon, Fister, Flannery, Flannery, <laughs> Flannery, sorry, Fleming, Freeland, Gentry, Graham, Hart, Heverin, Cock, Lewis D, Meredith, Miles, Mosier, Osborne, Palumbo, Pratt, Roberts, Sharp, Stevenson C, Timoney, Weber, and then Senators Berg, Neal, Rocky Adams, Stivers, Thayers, Thomas, Turner, West, Wheeler, and Yates. So if any of those legislators are your legislators, and you can find out who your legislator is. So if you don't know who your legislator is, you can go to legislature.ky.gov and just click on their legislators tab and you'll see a tab that says find your legislator. Um, you'll then be able to type in your address, figure out who your legislators are, and you can email them or you can actually call uh, you know, through the office line there at the LRC. I believe they're open 9 a.m. to 4 4 p.m., 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, and you can call and ask to leave a message for your legislator. So you can find that out there. So if any of these legislators are your legislators, then I suggest you contact them and ask them to explain their votes fully to you. Because there is one lingering reason in my mind that people would vote as they did. 
And I know legislators are faced with hard decisions all the time. And I've heard them say, well, I voted for HHR because it was supplying jobs and I didn't want people to lose jobs. So this may be another reason why they say, look, that HHR vote was because of this, this, and that. What about the small business owner that was making money off these machines? What about the jobs they were providing? Do their incomes and employees not matter? Why? Because it's not the equine industry. I mean, if you just vote against gambling as a principal, as a legislator, and you can stand by that, then okay. And if I didn't say your legislator's name, that's because they don't have a vote history that doesn't add up with some sort of claimed principle that they could claim. However, the real crime here that grain machines made, the real reason why they were banned was that small mom and pop businesses got to make money off of it instead of only the horse tracks. That is the only reason I can see for legislators on this issue is that they are trying to protect the horse track monopoly. And maybe they claim that, look, the equine industry, the horse industry is a major part of Kentucky and we have to protect it. And therefore we have to protect the horse tracks monopoly on gambling and wagering in the state. And they believe due to some unknown principle outside of just simply uh, that horse tracks can be the only ones allowed to prosper off the sin of gambling. Not small business owners, not mom and pop shops, not your local bars, but only the horse tracks. As I said, I hear the point that we need to protect our equine industry. And I really do hear you. But on the same time, why does the horse industry need propped up so much? I mean, new tracks are being opened and built in Kentucky right now. New game, uh, a new uh, mint gaming hall, the, the mint gaming hall there and, and kind of south, southern Kentucky. These new gaming halls are being opened up recently. I mean, if the industry is struggling so much that you have to enact a monopoly to protect them. Then how do they have all this money to expand? Hmm. Leave some questions to be asked. Like I said, if I mentioned your legislator, please ask them, please. And try to cut through the hemming and hauling that they may try to do and make sure you're armed with their vote history like I've gone through because their actions speak louder than their words ever can. The only conclusion we can draw on these legislators, unless they have stated otherwise, is that they are either afraid of or bought by the horse tracks. Now, we know for a fact some of them are bought by the horse tracks. I mentioned that early on. But what if they're just afraid of them? Perhaps they don't want to lose their seat and it's just easier for them to protect this one little monopoly that's worth millions upon millions upon billions of dollars so they can do all the other great work that they think they're doing. Well, what about your morals? I mean, why did you run in the first place? Was it to feel important and get the claps and recognition? If so, then I'm not talking to you here. I think you should be voted out because you care more about your own skin and your own self and forwarding yourself and you clearly have no principles other than yourself. But, however, if you believe that you are there to accomplish something, I ask you what that is. What are you trying to get done, and what is it worth to you? Is it worth principles and getting to stand with your head high, knowing you did the right thing? I mean, the greatest lie I hear politicians tell themselves all the time, they'll say this to the constituents too as well, whether they're running or they're in office, is that unless I'm in office, I can't make a difference. This excuse now becomes an okay to do almost anything. 
If you can simply claim that if I don't do this, I won't be in office anymore and therefore I can't do all this great work, well, you could okay voting any way you want to on anything with a complete and utter lack of principle. This excuse now becomes quite a problem. It gives you a free pass to do anything at all, but it's also false. You can make a difference while not in office. Let me give you an example. There was a bill in 2022 called House Bill 126. House Bill 126 was attempting to make the FAFSA form a requirement in order to graduate high school. Now, for those of you uh, who haven't uh, filled out a FAFSA form before or are aware of what it is, it's a it's called the Federal Application for Free Student Aid, and it's government grants, basically scholarships to go to school. And you fill out this form in order to see how much you will be uh, awarded. And while filling out this form, um, they ask a lot of personal questions, like about your family and not just their income, normal stuff they already have access to through the IRS. But they ask about your holdings, your property holdings, business worths. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. And then that gets turned into the federal government. This is clearly a violation of your Fourth Amendment rights because this information would be protected otherwise by the need for the federal government to get a warrant. And this clearly was an overreach and a, a clear violation of Constitution. And while I was preparing for a podcast back in 2022, when I was doing podcasts ever so often, maybe once a week at the most, and I noticed this bill was on the orders of the day for Tuesday the next week. I think I was doing it on a Friday. And then Tuesday the next week, uh, it was on the orders of the day to be called forward for a vote. That's what it means. So if you see a bill and it's on the orders of the day for the House or the Senate, that means they're planning on calling this bill forward to go ahead and vote on. So I made a Facebook post about it, got around 600 shares. I used my email list. I used all the other tools I have gained over time of being active. And by doing that, we are able to, to gather together and to get thousands of calls, thousands of emails into the Capitol in a 24-hour period. And due to this, the bill was never called onto the floor and died. I wasn't in office. I simply advocated for what was right and used activism to stop it from passing. Now, it took me some time to build up, of course, that activism base, but still, I didn't need to be in office to stop a bill from passing. And you don't have to be in office either to make a difference. To all of you listening, you don't need to be elected. Uh, these people, these House reps, these, uh, especially people in, in the House, these representatives, they're elected in primaries by sometimes as little as 2,000 people. And if you're willing to uh, donate, call, knock doors, and support the candidates in this race, and that way you can win better representatives, you can make a huge difference just right now without even needing to build up a list or an activism base. So the lie of needing to be in office to make a difference is hollow and untrue. And with that in mind, I'm going to give you some homework. A little bit of homework to do, I guess you could say. Um, if your state rep or senator is one of the following people, and once again, you can find out who your state reps or senator is by simply visiting legislature.ky.gov and under legislators tab, click find my legislator. Um, and once you do that, if you find out they're the following people, representatives Banta, Bratcher, Brown, Dixon, Fister, Flannery, I keep messing up that man's name, Flannery, Flannery, 
There we go. Fleming, Freeland, Gentry, Graham, Hart, Heverin, Cock, Lewis D., Meredith, Miles, Mosier, Osborne, Palumbo, Pratt, Roberts, Sharp, Stevenson C., Timoney, Weber, or Senators, Berg, Neal, Rocky Adams, Stivers, Thayer, Thomas, Turner, West, Wheeler, or Yates. And if they're one of yours, ask them, why did they vote to allow HHR after it was ruled by the state Supreme Court that the horse parks were breaking the law and vote to allow sports betting, something that can be done in your pocket, but then also voted to ban grain machines? You don't need to be for gambling to ask that. Once again, this episode isn't about whether gambling is right or wrong. It's about consistency and who's pulling the strings. It's about consistency on an issue, principle, and asking the question, are these people just serving the corporations and the special interests or are they ser serving the people? And if you want to send me their responses, my email is info at theandrewshow.com. That's info at theandrewshow.com. And you can email me their responses and I'll read them on air. And legislators, if I've said your name and you're listening to this and you want to explain your votes on these, feel free to email me at info at theandrewshow.com. Info at theandrewshow.com. And I'll be more than happy to read these responses on air because I want these legislators to get a chance to defend themselves. I actually personally like a few of them. I, I know some of them pretty well, and I really like to, to hear what they have to say. I want to know what I'm missing here, and I will be more than willing to explain it to my, the listeners of my podcast. Well, guys, that's what we have time for today on the Andrew Cooperwriter Show. I thank you all so, so much for joining me. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. I'll see you back here Monday at 1 o'clock. We'll see you then.